Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Stillmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper, and this is episode 84. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Dirty Job Brewing with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. City releases plans for a major downtown development. School board appoints a former trustee to fill an empty seat. MISD to host back-to-school bash. Lake Ridge grad competes on an international stage. Coming up in the features section. Meanwhile, on the Hubble Space Telescope and a COVID update. Is your diet leaving you hungry for more? Well, I have the ingredients for satisfaction. I'm Katrina Brown in this week's Texas Health Tip of the Week. Short questions, fast answers. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin. We'll have another episode of Quick Hits in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be sharing a new take on the first ever cocktail here on the About Mansfield podcast. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve interviews 10-year-old author Orion Jean. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Southwestern Adventist University is ranked number two in social mobility by U.S. News and World Report Regional Colleges West. That means SWAU is one of the best schools when it comes to helping people better themselves and improve their economic circumstances. U.S. News and World Report also rank SWAU 11th best regional college west. If you're interested in learning more about SWAU, visit their website, swau.edu. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 817- That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, I'm Casey Lewis, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The City of Mansfield is set to begin a transformative mixed-use development project in historic downtown Mansfield, with the goal of reinvigorating the district and being the catalyst for future development. In collaboration with Dallas-based investment firm Hoke Global, the development will bring residential, retail, recreational, office, and parking space to four acres of land along Smith and Elm Streets in historic downtown. Also planned are an innovation center that will foster and encourage entrepreneurial endeavors in the heart of Mansfield and an above-ground parking garage near Smith and Depot Streets. In recent years, the city has completely reconstructed South Main Street, built the Pond Branch Linear Park, renovated the North Main Street Trail, and worked to position historic downtown Mansfield as an attractive tourist destination. 
The city of Mansfield aims to break ground on this new development within the next 18 months, and construction is estimated to take up to 24 months. COVID-19 appears to be surging in Mansfield and Tarrant County with the update. Here's our science reporter, Dennis Webb. Thank you, Steve. Last week, Tarrant County Public Health recorded 88 new cases of Mansfield people who had the virus, continuing the recent increasing trend. In the last three weeks, we have seen more new cases in Mansfield than we saw in the previous nine weeks. Mansfield saw one new death this past week. More concerning is more detailed information from the whole of Tarrant County. This past Friday, 549 Tarrant County citizens were in the hospital with the virus. This number has increased each of the last eight weeks, starting at around 80 in early June. Average daily new cases in Tarrant County has risen to 542, with dramatic increases in the last three weeks. This 542 is the highest number the county has seen since February as as we are coming off the deadly January peak. Deaths from the virus have not seen a recent increase, but epidemic fatalities usually lag hospitalization trends by several weeks. Tarrant County's test positivity rate is now 20%, well above the county goal of 10%. This indicates we are not testing enough in the county to know how widespread the epidemic is. This indicator was mostly below 4% between April and early July. Tarrant County Public Health recommends all eligible citizens get a vaccination as soon as possible. As of last week, only 48% of eligible citizens in the county have been vaccinated. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. A former Mansfield ISD school board member has returned to fill the seat that was left vacant after Courtney Lackett-Wilson resigned. The board of trustees approved to appoint Daryl Sneed to the place seven seat at the school board meeting on July 27th. His term will expire in May of 2022. Sneed previously held the place six seat, but left the school board in 2020 when he chose not to run for re-election. The school board's decision to appoint Sneed back onto the board is effective immediately. Mansfield ISD is hosting its annual back-to-school bash on Saturday. The event, meant to bring the community together for a day of family fun, will officially kick off the start of the 2021-22 school year. In addition to a wide variety of activities and games, there will be school supplies, student health services, and more provided completely free of charge to Mansfield ISD students. School supplies, shoes, and health services will be provided free of charge to MISD students. Immunizations for the required school shots will be on hand, as well as optional COVID-19 immunizations for ages 12 and up, plus eye exams and other health resources. You'll need to bring your child's shot records to take part in the free immunizations. Each campus will be in attendance with fun activities like bounce houses, obstacle courses, and more to interact with our MISD families, and a variety of student performances will be held in the Performing Arts Center. This will be an opportunity for parents or guardians and students to meet with representatives of the campuses they will attend and see some of the many programs Mansfield ISD has to offer. It all happens on Saturday, 7.30 a.m. to noon at the MISD Center for the Performing Arts. Mansfield Lake Ridge alum Jasmine Moore left Mansfield in late July to compete in the women's triple jump competition in the Olympics last week. Moore was one of 33 competitors in her event and the 
youngest. Speaking with us by Zoom from her home on Tuesday, Moore said she looks forward to future events. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about with my parents, that I'm not even in my peaking age yet. So just to know that I um, have so much more to grow and learn um, to continue in the sport. Triple jump is a very developed um, event. So just with time, I feel like people will get better. So it makes me excited going to the future that I know there's so much I can work on and improve. You can hear the entire interview with Olympic athlete Jasmine Moore in next week's episode. It's time to get back to work, Mansfield. If you are a business owner and have a job opening, allow us to help spread the word in your own words in our new Mansfield Job Openings podcast segment. For example, while rummaging around town this week, I noticed that there are now hiring signs in front of Market Street Grocery Store. So if you're the sort of person who is powered by teamwork, solves problems as they arise, finds joy in serving others, and knows the little things that make a lasting impact, perhaps Market Street is a good fit for you. And now it's your turn. It's easy. Pick up the phone, dial 817-435-2938, and leave a voicemail describing your job opening in 30 seconds or less, including your contact information, your name, your phone number, your website, etc. Call on behalf of your own business, please, and not someone else's. Again, that telephone number is 817-435-2938. 435-2938. Saturday is National Play Outside Day. All year long, we are given numerous opportunities to get outside and play, but sometimes life, responsibilities, and distractions keep us from spending time in the fresh air as we should. National Play Outside Day is a reminder to get out and stretch our legs and expend some energy in the great outdoors. Let's check in with someone who expends a great deal of energy on her weather forecast. Colleen? These weather reports sure do require a lot of energy, mostly channeled into using my imagination and creative writing abilities as their extended forecasts and everyone knows weather here in Texas can't really be predicted more than a day or two in advance, if that. The magic of the cold front that came through Sunday into Monday, bringing us rain and relatively cooler temperatures, won't last long. We'll still be enjoying below-average temperatures Wednesday and Thursday at 91 and then 90 degrees, and then we'll start creeping back up to our normal highs for this time of year, with 96 predicted for Friday, 97 for Saturday, and 98 degrees Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that you give your irrigation system a rest this week. That rain we enjoyed on Sunday and Monday supplied us with an ample amount of water to keep our lawns green through the week. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. So when we come back in 60 seconds, science reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist Katrina Brown has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment. And Brian Certain is here with the Cocktail of the Week. Also coming up later in the episode, the Trivia Question of the Week. And I will talk in studio with 10-year-old author Orion Jean. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. 
Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, I'm Adam Larson, Operations Manager at the Mansfield Star Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. While billionaires were grabbing space headlines, the Hubble Space Telescope had a big problem. Science reporter Dennis Webb has the story. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. During the recent weeks of billionaires going to space, another space story played out below the radar. The Hubble Space Telescope was broken, and the ground controllers worked really hard to fix it. It's a really cool story of human ingenuity. A little background. The Hubble Space Telescope was approved for construction by the U.S. Congress in 1978, and NASA and its contractors built it, hoping to launch in the fall of 1986 on the space shuttle. The Challenger shuttle accident delayed its launch to space until 1990. Within a month of activation in space, it was apparent that there was a design flaw in the optical system. Astronomers figured out how to use the degraded optics as is to do some useful science until engineers and astronauts figured out how to fix the orbiting observatory's optics in space. The first shuttle servicing mission to Hubble was in 1993, and it fixed the optical flaws and added brand new computers. These were 386 computer chips for those of you who know old computers. And the third shuttle repair mission in 1999 replaced these chips with the newer 486 computer chips. Both upgrades were done by astronauts doing spacewalks. The recent problem, the computer that does the science, that is, that takes the pictures, stopped working on June 13th. The Orbital Observatory automatically recognized this and and put the spacecraft into what's called a safe mode. The operators of the Orbital Observatory, working in the control center at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland, followed their mission rules and procedures to get it back to operational status, but nothing worked. The Hubble Space Telescope had been in orbit 31 years, originally built 40 years ago, with updates to the computer systems 28 and 22 years ago. This is now an old piece of equipment. The Hubble's control center called back retirees who understood the design, and they helped the current team research 40-year-old documents to build and implement a set of unprecedented procedures to recover the observatory's function. 
This Hubble fix was developed over two very intense weeks, and it took 15 hours of commanding to the spacecraft from this control center, performing tests to finally figure out what had been broken and successfully switch to backup systems. That had not been turned on in space in the 31 years it was in orbit. This led to a full recovery on July 15th, and new research images are again flowing. As a retired NASA guy, I love this story that arises from a few simple engineering values. If you don't know what is going on, figure out a way to understand what happened before you do anything. If you still have some uncertainty, try not to make any change that you can't reverse. When you think you know what to do, test the crap out of the procedure, and you will probably learn things and get to a better plan. These values saved Apollo 13 astronauts, as well as other spacecraft, over many decades. In the 1960s and 1970s, the space programs came and went fairly quickly, leaving a, a small number of things behind, but not really what you'd call a space infrastructure. The space shuttle flew from 1981 to 2011, leaving lots of things in space, including the Hubble Space Telescope and the International Space Station. The USA appears to be durably in space. The future's so bright, we got to wear shades. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield. And this week, health specialist Katrina Brown has the ingredients for a healthy diet. Katrina? As you know, our bodies rely on food for energy, so it's normal to feel hungry if you don't eat for a few hours. But if your stomach has a constant rumble, even after a meal, something could be going on with your health. The medical term for extreme hunger is polyphagia. If you feel hungry all the time, see your doctor. Several things could be causing this. Diabetes for one, your body turns the sugar in food into fuel called glucose. But when you have diabetes, glucose can't reach your cells. Your body pees it out instead and tells you to eat more. People who have type 1 diabetes in particular may eat large amounts of food and still lose weight. Low blood sugar is another one, or hypoglycemia, is what you have when the glucose in your body drops to a very low level. It's a common concern for people with diabetes, but other health problems can cause it too. They include hepatitis, kidney disorders, tumors in your pancreas, and problems with your adrenal or pituitary glands. In severe cases, people with hypoglycemia may seem drunk. They may slur their words and have trouble walking. They may be sweating and shaking. If this is the case, they need immediate help and you should call 911. There are a multitude of health-related issues that affect your appetite in a variety of ways. If you are gaining or losing a significant amount of weight unintentionally, you should see your doctor right away. One reason we feel hungry that may seem strange is lack of sleep. Not getting enough rest can affect the hormones in your body that control hunger. People who are sleep-deprived have a bigger appetite and find it harder to feel full. You're also more likely to crave high-fat, high-calorie foods when you're tired because you're looking for that magical boost of fuel we call carbs. Next, have you ever heard of stress eating? It's a real thing. When you're anxious or tense, your body releases a hormone called cortisol. This amps up your feeling of hunger. Many people under stress also crave foods high in sugar, fat, or both. It may be your body's attempt to shut off the part of your brain that causes you to worry. And finally, one that probably makes the most sense as to why you don't stay full very long after a meal, this is what you eat. Not all foods fill you up the same way. The ones that curb hunger best are high in protein, like lean meats, fish, or dairy products, or high in fiber. Good sources of fiber are fruit, vegetables, whole grains, and beans. 
Healthy fats like those found in nuts, fish, and sunflower oil can lower your cholesterol levels. They're a key to a balanced diet and can help you feel satisfied after you eat. Pastries, white bread, many packaged meals, and fast foods lack these nutrients, but are high in fat and unhealthy carbs. If you eat a lot of these, you could find yourself feeling hungry again soon after a meal, and you may end up eating more than you should. Also, what you're drinking with your meal can affect how long you feel satisfied. Opt for water during your meals. Avoid soda, which increases bloating when consumed with foods. Also, avoid even diet soda if possible. I know many people drink sugar-free sodas to cut back on calories to lose weight, but the fake sugar in these drinks tells your body to expect calories it can use for fuel. When your body doesn't get any, it turns on your hunger switch and tells you to get calories from food instead, ultimately leading you to the fridge between meals. Lastly, you might feel fuller after a meal if you take more time to chew and enjoy your food, rather than eating it quickly. We've all heard that it takes about 20 minutes for food eaten to register with your brain. It's true. It takes about that long for your digestive system to break down the incoming meal into nutrients so that they can enter the bloodstream. From here, a signal is sent to your brain that sustenance has arrived. It's that little ah that you feel when your hunger is being quenched. So take time to savor the flavors and make every bite count. Until next time, stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield and reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Katrina Brown. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry. Welcome to another episode of Quick Hits, where I answer a few questions that I can't milk into a five-minute segment on their own. Our first one comes from Michelle, who writes, I have ugly water stains in my toilet. Can you suggest a solution for removing them? Sure can, Michelle. We're all prone to getting stains in the toilet bowl during the summer, particularly if you have men in the house who um, uh, don't flush after every use, no matter how minor. My usual solution is to first flush, duh, then spray the bowl generously with a disinfecting cleaner containing bleach. It doesn't have to be a name brand. Even the ones from the dollar store work well. Let it stay on the surface for a few hours. Yes, hours. Then flush twice to clear the bleach from the bowl and start to scrub with a pumice stick, which you can find in the cleaning aisle of most stores. It's a soft abrasive made of volcanic rock, which will pretty much self-destruct as you clean, but it'll make short work of those stains in the bowl, be they rust or something else. Nextly, Jason writes... How often should I have my chimney swept? I have a 12-year-old chimney and used it quite a bit this past winter. I think we all used our fireplaces a bit more than usual this past winter, Jason. And if you were one of the folks who couldn't get their hands on hardwood firewood and were burning 2x4s or charcoal briquettes in the fireplace while the power was out in February, the time to get it cleaned is now. Those products leave residue on the chimney walls, which is combustible, and could catch fire if you've got a hot blaze going in the fireplace. The National Fire Protection Association recommends that chimneys be professionally inspected once a year and cleaned and repaired if necessary. And if you're at 12 years without a cleaning, you're way past due. So, while you might not have a cleaning every year, you ought to at least have a sweep come out and take a look at your flu and see if everything's in good working order. Michael writes, is there any way to remove surface scratches from hardwood floors? Well, Michael, it depends on what the floor is finished with. If it's a factory finished floor, the finish is usually fortified with aluminum oxide, which makes it difficult to scratch in the first place. 
but it also makes it tough to buff out any scratches that do occur. And unfortunately, if you do try to sand aggressively and touch up a scratch or a gouge, you'll never really match in the finish of the existing floor. In those cases, I find it best to meticulously mend any scattered small scratches with a clear fingernail polish top coat, and I find that the ones for gel polishes work the best. If you've got a large area that's scratched, like from dog or cat claws, you've really got two options. Either have the floor professionally sanded and refinished, or replace the floor. If the floor was finished in place, like an old-school nailed-down oak floor, it helps to know what the floor was finished with. Obviously, it's best to repair with the same stuff that went down originally. Varnishes, oil-based polyurethanes, and water-based urethanes will all have a different appearance, and the sheens between brands don't always match either. One company's semi-gloss isn't necessarily the same as another semi-gloss, so it's a pretty tricky path. Again, if it's a wide area that's scratched, you can strip, sand, and refinish. For small individual scratches, you can carefully dab in some clear to conceal the scratch, providing that the stain hasn't been removed by the scratch. If that's the case, I usually recommend getting a putty stick or a wax touch-up crayon in as close to the color of the finish as you can get. Finally, we get to a common crisis from Lauren, who writes, Help! I'm having trouble with my toilet flushing. The water is high in the bowl, and I have to use a plunger every time we flush. Lauren, you've got a good old-fashioned clog in there somewhere, which probably isn't um, organic material, which the plunger would push through or would dissolve over time and go away. First step, if you're the confident do-it-yourselfer type, is to take up the toilet, take it outside, and try to push whatever may be in there with a garden hose nozzle. If you get nothing out that way, you can use a drain snake or even a piece of coat hanger wire to see if there's an obstruction at all. If the problem's not in the toilet, you can either snake it out yourself or bring in a plumber to handle the task. If you're not an intrepid do-it-yourselfer, skip all that and just call a plumber. What I don't recommend is that you use a chemical drain opener in the toilet. If there is organic material in the line somewhere, the caustic chemical often causes a bubbling reaction when the two meet, and you can get a big water bubble coming up through the bowl and popping and spewing drain opener all over the place, and possibly on you if you're leaning over the toilet watching to see what happens. Just say no. Well, kids, that's all I've got for this week. If you have a home improvement repair question or a project you'd like help with, let me know about it. You can reach me by email at askterryataboutmansfield.com or via my Facebook page at AskTerryAMPodcast or my Twitter at AskTerryAMPod. We'll talk again soon. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist. Terry Radswin. Again, you can submit your home improvement questions to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry returns next week with another question, perhaps yours. Are you an old-fashioned person? Brian Certain is serving one up with a twist in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the strawberry balsamic old-fashioned. Several years ago, when I started making my own simple syrup, I started experimenting with several variations. One of the first was a strawberry balsamic simple syrup. Now, the strawberry and balsamic vinegar flavors have always been a big fan of mine, and I've used them in dishes and in ice cream with great success. But as I was making the simple syrups, it came to me that that would also make a great blend as a syrup. But in the years since I created that first version, I've modified it a bit to make it a better and cleaner, in my opinion. 
Since simple syrup is one of the ingredients in the old fashioned, I surmise that the strawberry balsamic simple syrup would make a great substitute for the plain simple syrup. And for my palate, and for many of my friends' palates, we all agreed. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients, as well as how to make your own strawberry balsamic simple syrup on bourbongospel.com. So this week's cocktail is a strawberry balsamic old-fashioned. The ingredients, two ounces of a good bourbon, something like Weller, Maker's Mark, or Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. One ounce of strawberry simple syrup, two dashes of a good bitter, I use a pecan bitter, and two Lozardo cherries with syrup. Directions. Mix all of the ingredients in an old-fashioned glass and stir to combine all the flavors, and then finish with a large ice cube. Now, to make a small batch of the strawberry balsamic simple syrup, you're going to take one cup of water, one cup of sugar, the basics of a simple syrup. We're going to add one pint of strawberries. I prefer fresh, but I've used frozen as well. And one half cup of balsamic vinegar. You're going to add the water to a pot and bring to a slow boil. Add the sugar and the strawberries and lower the temperature. Stir to fully dissolve the sugar and let simmer on the stovetop until the strawberries start to break down and soften. Use your immersion blender and turn the syrup into a puree. Allow it to cool on the stovetop. When the syrup has cooled, strain the syrup several times through a fine mesh sieve to remove any of the remaining seeds and pulp. Add the balsamic vinegar and blend well and pour into a one-quart size bottle which should fit. The strawberry balsamic simple syrup goes great on dishes such as chicken and steak, as well as ice cream. But always, I'm interested in your opinion. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain says, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. This is Brian Certain. Congratulations to Cindy Miller, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What is the name of the U.S. congressman who is buried at the Mansfield Cemetery, and what year did he die? According to findagrave.com, it is United States Congressman Oscar William Gillespie. Born in 1858, Gillespie graduated from Mansfield College in 1885, earned a law degree, and served three terms in Congress from 1903 to 1911. Gillespie resumed the practice of law until his death in 1927 at age 69. Cindy has won a $25 restaurant gift card courtesy of Garage Door Rescue. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org.
Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm latasha tagle executive director of the levitt pavilion arlington and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Dirty Job Brewing, located at 117 North Main Street in historic Mansfield, serving craft beer that is made right there on the premises, and a variety of pizzas, sandwiches, and much, much more. You can check them out on the web at dirtyjobbrewing.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve. If you've ever traveled on North Street in historic Mansfield between Oak Street and Newt Patterson, you can't miss the railroad trestle as you look to the west when crossing the tracks. The trestle, which prevents the Union Pacific trains from plummeting into the Walnut Creek, is one of the oldest operating trestles in the state and one of the most visited sites of interest in Mansfield. It's a favorite backdrop for senior photos, too. This week's question is, what year was the railroad trestle near North Street built? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what year was the railroad trestle near North Street built? Good luck, and thanks to Derek at Dirty Job for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And here in the studio going to do just a short, brief introduction here and, and get into the, uh, the conversation with this gentleman. It was about a year ago, July of 2020, my guest was uh, entered into a national speech contest. He won the contest. And we're not only going to talk about the speech contest, we're going to talk about all the different events that he's got going on throughout not only Mansfield, uh, but the, uh, the DFW area. And he lives in Mansfield. We welcome Orion Jean to About Mansfield. Welcome. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. How old are you? I am 10 years old, and I'm turning 11 this October. You're just a kid. I am. You are. <laughs> I got to admit, you are the youngest person to ever be here on the About Mansfield podcast in, in an interview situation. Wow. That. Yes. Wow. Let's talk about your name, Orion. Uh, what, what do you know? Because you're the first person I've ever met in 60 years of living named Orion. So uh, tell me about uh, the origins of your name. 
Well, Orion is not only a constellation, but it is also my mother's middle name. Uh So she decided that, you know, I think we should name this baby after me. And, you know, Orion is, it's a great name because it's like a star, it's a constellation, and it shines bright for the world to see. And hopefully that's what I can do with, you know, my goal. And your middle name is Monaco, is that correct? It is. Again, I've never met a Monaco. How did you receive that name? Well, Monaco is such a beautiful place that my mom has been to before, so why not, right? What grade are you in? I am going to be going into the sixth grade this year. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, since I was young, since I love reading. (laughs) Since you were younger? Yeah, younger. (laughs) Okay. Right. I've always loved reading, so I wanted to be an author. And now, uh, thankfully, my goal has been fulfilled. And I am actually coming out with a book called A Kid's Book About Leadership. So now I am technically an author. And I guess that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. Let's back up to a year ago. Because a year ago, pretty much is when your life just exploded. It is. Tell me about the National Kindness Speech Contest. How did you get entered? And tell me about the entire experience. Yeah. uh, So about a year ago, I think it was May 19th, I got an email from my teacher. And she was telling me about this speech contest that she wanted, you know, the rest of my classmates and me to enter in. And there was only one catch. The deadline to enter was the next day. And, you know, I was kind of feeling conflicted, you know, because as much as I thought this would be, you know, a fun experience, I didn't think that I would have the time to do this because I was still in school at this point. So I still had to do other things. So I asked my mom and she said, one of the most important things in this race to kindness journey, you can't win if you don't enter. So I worked really hard to, you know, write, record and memorize my speech and get it uploaded right before the deadline. And I just had to see what was going to happen because it was worth a shot. So a few weeks later, uh, the competition entered me or emailed me and they said that you made it into the top 20. And now I got to be paired with the speech coach to fine tune my speech. And then it was up to America to vote. And after that, they chose me as the winner. And that's really what started it all. Do you remember your speech? I do. Well, some of it for a good few months that was ingrained in my mind yeah. forever. But the base the basics of it was, you know, kindness is something that the world really needs right now with everything that's happening with the pandemic and all. And you know, you can do it today, so why not? And one thing that really stuck with me that I said in that speech is that you can join me in the race to kindness because the best part is everybody wins. And that's something that we've, you know, ran with for the entire journey. For someone like me who, again, I've, I've mentioned I'm, I'm in my 60s now. And, and so a lot, of, uh, a lot of adults out there seem to have lost their kindness. What advice would you give to them? 
Well, I would say the same thing that I said in my speech. I would say that, you know, kindness is going to make the world a better place. And it's really what the world needs right now. So go out and do it today because it can make someone feel a little better and it can make the world a little brighter. My goodness. Ten years old. Sage advice from a 10-year-old. With this speech contest came a monetary prize. Correct. It was $500, and I used that as seed money to fund the Race to Kindness. And what did you do with that $500? Well, my first Race to Kindness project was the Race to 500 Toys. So we used the $500 as kind of, you know, seed money just to buy some of the toys. And it was Race to 500 Toys for the Children's Health Hospital in Dallas. And we wanted to, you know, be able to help the children in the hospital because COVID has affected so many different kinds of people and children in the hospital definitely was one of them toys were you know toy donations were becoming scarce because they were only accepting new toys and they could only use the toys once so they couldn't like pass them on from child to child they had to you know throw them away and get them uh, a new one since they didn't want covid to spread or any other diseases so i decided that you know, the children in the hospital, they are going to maybe go through a scary surgery or a procedural that they might not want to think about. So why not just, you know, take their minds off of it with a toy? I know better than anyone, a toy can, you know, distract children. So you won $500 and you decided instead of spending $500 for toys for yourself or playing video games or investing in Bitcoin or whatever people do with $500, you actually took it and gave it to someone else. And I that is, that is awesome. Thank you. You created Race to Kindness. Is this an organization? Well, I like to think of it as a project. I like to okay. think of it as, you know, a passion project where I can hopefully help as many people as possible. You've received some national attention in regard to Race to Kindness. You've been on Good Morning America. You've been interviewed by the Washington Post and CNN. What was your first national interview? Well, my first national interview, we're going to have to actually rewind to my first interview that okay. I did for the Race to Kindness. It was on the day that my first local NBC interview aired. And that was like the greatest day of my life at that moment because, you know, I had pretty much never been on TV before. Yeah. So, of course, I was like super excited. And a few minutes later, maybe like a couple of hours later, my mom got a call and she said, Good morning, America wants to do an interview with you. And I I was online. I was on class. So, I, I muted myself and I was like, ah! <laughs> and, you know, that day was probably one of the best of this Race to Kindness journey because not only were they able to interview me and get the word out, um, they also, the toy company Melissa and Doug, yeah. were able to give us $5,000 worth of toys. And that experience was 
I'm, I'm at a loss for words, really, because you know we were able to donate it to a hospital of our choice, and those kids. I mean, I was able to hear firsthand from the nurses how much this would impact them. Mm-hmm. And I remember one one nurse said, she said, in all of the time that I've been here, I have never seen such a big toy donation. And it came from, a, at that point, a nine-year-old kid, right? Exactly. And that was those kind of experiences where I'm able to hear how much it will impact people is what you know keeps me going. It's not about the numbers. It's about who's behind the numbers. It's about the people and the why. And that's really what keeps me motivated throughout the whole thing. You have a little brother, too, don't you? I do. Is he as kind as you? Um, I mean, <laughs> his name is Crown, and he is five years old. And he is one of my biggest supporters throughout the whole thing. And, you know, he is running in a little race to kindness of his own. Nice. Uh, he's been at, like, every drop-off event and every time we went to, you know, either the hospital or to one of our Tango Tab events for the Race to 100,000 Meals. And, you know, I'm just glad to have him there to help support us. At 10 years old, if I think back to when I was 10 years old and someone asked me this the question, if you could change one thing in your world, what would that be? As a 10-year-old back when I was 10, I would probably think, you know, I, I think every 10-year-old should have a later bedtime. <laughs> I, I agree. I okay. agree. What, if there's one thing you could change in the world? One ev- thing? For anybody and everybody, what's the one thing that you would change? Okay. I honestly think that, you know, my goal is to help race to kindness and get as far in kindness as I can go. And if I had the capability to have just one wish, I would wish for more wishes so I could wish for pretty much anything and everything to, you know, boost kindness to the full extent and basically cover everything else. So I have as many unlimited wishes as I want to fix everything. So we've got the race to kindness, but you've also got other races as well. Race to 500 toys. Um, you mentioned that was that was part of the uh, what you did with the five hundred dollars, and and people contributed to that. Uh, you mentioned Melissa and Doug, uh, the the company. You've also got the race to five hundred thousand books. Tell me about that race. The race to five hundred thousand books is well. We are trying to collect five hundred thousand books by actually the end of August. We decided that you know it may be best for us to you know extend the deadline so we can be able to help more people and you know continue to get the word out because we have so much stuff coming up in July and we are going to need you know the community support and I think that you know we decided that it would be best if we you know had more time to just continue helping people and we are trying to collect 500,000 books for children and adults who don't have, you know, access to books at home like many of us children and adults take for granted because, you know, I love books and I have the opportunity to, you know, wake up with a book and go to bed with a book and there are children out there who don't have that and that's really what this race is about. Again, the 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 goal is 500,000 books. How many books have you received and where are these books going to? Okay. What's the, what's the final destination? So right now, we are at roughly 35,000 to 40,000 and we 
still have quite a long way to go, but I believe that with the help of Mansfield and the help of the country, that we will be able to reach our goal. And we are partnering with a few organizations, actually, called... um, we're partnering with organizations like Reading Partners, Reading is Fundamental, Literacy Achieves, Book Drive for Kids, and so many more because we are trying to make sure that all different kinds of people are getting these books. And there are all kinds of books. They could be paperback or hard book. They could be children's books or adult books. You you just want 500,000 books. We do. We are, you know, looking for new and gently used books. You can, you know, maybe put a kind note on the cover of the book and we just want these children and these adults to know that they are special and they are loved and these books are coming from people who care. When someone donates a book and you look at the cover you go, hey, this looks pretty interesting. Do you read the book before it gets donated? Uh, it depends. You know, I like I said, I am a big book lover myself. Yeah. So if there's something that I haven't read, maybe I'll just go take a look inside but you know these these books are for the children and i have as many books as i could ever need mm-hmm. and i don't want to you know take away the experience of having a book open you know for the first time and nobody owns this book but you and nobody has ever read this book but you how many books do you think you've read probably like a thousand books at least like okay, up, up. I guess. Yeah, like, mom's saying, mom's saying, more maybe than, more. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe just a little more than a thousand. But I think that. <laughs> Do you have a favorite book? I don't. You know, I. It's hard for me to pick favorite anything's because I am a book lover and I love all different kinds of books. So it would be wrong for me to put a book above another when you know they're just as good in the, as their own right. In their own right. So you've read. A thousand plus books. You must have a pretty good grasp on the English language. Do you have a favorite word? Favorite word? Uh, I think mine would be, and I know I said I don't like picking favorites, but this yeah. one, uh, I think my favorite word would be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because, you know, technically it is a word and I know how to spell it and it's a pretty fun word to say. It's fun. It is. It is. How can you not smile when you say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious from the movie Mary Poppins? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. Is there a spelling bee in your future? <laughs> Funny that you say that. I have actually competed and won a few spelling bees myself. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that maybe, you know, when I go into school this following year, who knows what's to come. You also have the race to 100,000 meals. Yes, I do. Where do we stand on that, and and where do these meals go? So that was my second project, almost like immediately after the Good Morning America interview. Mm -hmm. We started, you know, working with uh, an organization called Tango Tab, who I've known since the second grade, and... Mm -hmm. We have been really great partners and really great friends. So we just started, you know, working on it and working with the different organi- with the organization. And they were really great throughout the entire process. We were able to, you know, kind of add on to what they have been doing for years, really. They have had, you know, drop-off events and uh, 
pre-COVID, they've had, like, packing events where people would bring materials and they would pack, like, different sandwich bags and all that kind of stuff. And we were able to, you know, add on to their, to what they were already doing. And we didn't make 100,000 meals by ourselves. It was with the help of people all over the community, the country, and, well, really the world, that we were able to reach this goal. The race to kindness, the race to 500 toys, the race to 500,000 books, the race to 100,000 meals. Are there any future races? I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll do like a race to million something. Uh, I don't know. We are going to, you know, try to focus on the now and focus on getting through this race so we can help as many people as possible. And who knows, maybe after we take a little break, we might come back with, you know, something that'll be able to help a lot more people. You have a couple of events coming up here in Mansfield. And one is the Mansfield Back to School Book Fair. Tell me about uh, when and where that's happening. Uh, We are having a um, Mansfield ISD Back to School Book Drive. And hopefully we're going to have kids come and, you know, pick out the books that they might not be able to have, you know, otherwise, because that's the reason we're doing all of this to, you know, allow children to read different kinds of books and go into different people's shoes and learn about all these different kinds of cultures and people. And that's what it's all about. And you know what? I think that is awesome. I've just been told that the books that were donated back in May for the Mansfield ISD book drive will be used for the free Mansfield back to school book fair in August. You also have another event coming up on August 7th. I do. Tell me about that one. This is in partnership with, um, Run United, and we are going to have a, well, a race to kindness where uh, different kids are going to, you know, come, and hopefully I will be able to be there too and run one mile for kindness. We'll also be collecting books towards the race to 500,000 books, and hopefully you get, every everybody can come and have a great time and collect some books for some children and some adults. How can someone sign up for the Run United One Mile Race to Kindness? You can contact the store, Run United, uh, or you can go to my website, racetokindness.com, and, you know, contact us and talk about, we will uh, hopefully be able to see you there at the event. And for our listeners who are interested in the event, Run United is located in the shops at Broad inside the field house. It is. So if you want to buy a brand new pair of running shoes. Absolutely. For the event, you know, help support their cause and help support our cause. It's a win-win. Orion Jean, what's your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream... Now that you mention it, I think that I'm either a cookies and cream kind of person or birthday cake. I don't know. Either one. We've reached that time of the interview where we really get to know our guest. It's called the lightning round. Ooh. It's a very simple game of this or that. All right. Would you like to participate? Absolutely. All right. This is the opportunity for our listeners to really get to know Orion Jean. Night or day? I think that I am a daytime kind of person because you're supposed to be asleep at night. Soda or juice? Juice. Unfortunately, I don't 
have soda. French fries or tater tots? French fries all the way. Godzilla or King Kong? Ooh, that's a hard one. I think I'm going to go with whoever won in the movie. Skydive or bungee jump? I would say neither, but I'm going to go with skydiving. Hardcover or paperback? Hardcover. Fortnite or Minecraft? Minecraft. Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. Ernie or Bert? Ooh. Uh, probably Bert. Cake or pie? Cake. The Race to Kindness, Orion Jean can be found more information at racetokindness.com if you want to send them an email racetokindness at gmail.com you've got the mansfield back to school book fair on august 7th and also on august 7th the one mile race to kindness for kids along with run united you can find again more information on the racetokindness.com website orion jean is there anything that you want to add before we say goodbye um well, there is one thing. I know that I briefly mentioned this in the beginning, but I am going to be coming out with a book, and it's called A Kids Book About Leadership. You can go to akidsbookabout.com to you know find out more information and hopefully pre-order the book so you can you know help support this book. Orion, Jean, you're probably you've got to be the most intelligent ten year old I've ever talked to. Thank you. <laughs> I sure appreciate you being on About Mansfield. Thank you for having me. By the way, as of the date that we recorded this interview, Orion received a donation from Half Price Books of 50,000 books, which puts his total at 110,000 books. You rock, young man. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will have the latest Mansfield news, talk, and information. We will also talk with Lake Ridge High grad and Olympic athlete Jasmine Moore. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, Katrina Brown. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.